Welcome to the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast, where your hosts, Dr. Peter Bolden and Dr. Craig Spodak, help you go next level with your practice, leveraging the four pillars that make a practice bulletproof. Vision, building a dream team, marketing ninja, and financial freedom. Now, let's get into it. Hey, everyone. Recently, Craig and I spoke at the Profitable Dentist Seminar in Orlando and got off stage and and saw that my buddy Mark Costas was there. He was going to speak a little later. Anyway, Craig and I, because we lugged our new podcast equipment that we were shamed into getting from not having anything from the voices of dentistry, we wanted to break it out, had an impromptu session with Mark. Um, and it's always pretty cool when we just talk and collaborate and um, and talk about the future of dentistry and what's going on. So here's a little conversation that we recorded and hope you all enjoy it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Dentalpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Costas. I am sitting here with two handsome men. We have Dr. Craig Spodak, Dr. Peter Bolden from the Bulletproof Dental Podcast. And we're just chilling. We're chilling here in Orlando. Uh, you know, Orlando's beautiful, but uh, every conference center looks exactly like every other conference center. Are, so. Aren't they looking more and more like Vegas, do you feel like? Oh, man. Like well, it's sprawl you know and just they, giant. You know what they say about Orlando? Orlando is Vegas with humidity. So that that is where we are right now. Um, these two gentlemen just got off the stage, killed it, killed it um, here in Orlando. And uh, I learned... You, Every time I hear you guys talk, I learn a little bit of something. Yeah, huh? yeah. what you learn today? Uh, let's, see, today? let's put you on the spot. Today I learned that you were uh, Tony Robbins' dentist. Yeah. So uh, that gives you a little bit of street cred in my eyes. I've been cool. listening to Tony since I was probably 13 years old. He's the man. Um, yeah, he is. I learned that you guys have a really cool nonprofit, 501c3, that I want to get involved with somehow, some way. Awesome. Um, I learned that uh, I definitely want to have lunch with you guys and have a longer episode. <laughs> yeah. um, I learned a lot. I learned a cool. lot. You guys, uh, I like how you guys did that. It was, the, it was the juxtaposition. How about that word? It was the juxtaposition of a large single practice hospital mm-hmm. type environment versus a multi-practice model, which you have, Dr. Bull. Right, right. So yeah. that, that, that um, you know, the similarities and the differences and how we can apply what Craig has going on in his model to Peter's model and what you can apply in Peter's model to the large, single, um, multi-provider practice. You know, so, and what uh, we also talk about, Mark, is that, that there's, you know, not one of our models is, is right or more right, if I should say. Sure. Right? Like, there's value. Like, we get on the phone almost every day with each other, and it's the same struggles, just different applications sometimes. Mm-hmm. Right? And so we're able to kind of help grind through. But at the end of the day, it's just business, and however you want to centralize it. Like, Craig's is, you know, he wanted to consolidate and dental hospital more <coughs> of the Cleveland Clinic kind of thing for dentistry. Yeah. Right? But that wouldn't have Jeez. worked. I felt like growing up in Atlanta, that wouldn't work as, as well in my town just because traffic is so crazy, and people only want to visit where they're in their their geographic kind of neighborhood, if you right. will, it's right? It's more sprawling. Yeah, kind of Atlanta, it's, right? exactly. And yeah. so, you know, you ha- you really can't just say, well, this is what I'm going to do. You really have to be able to, to, to jab and, and 
you know, weave. Duck and weave, yeah. Duck and weave. And for sure, it's not just a simple, it's Peter's practice, it's Mark's practice, or Craig's practice. There's hybridized models of all these things, you know. So you have a fee-for-service practice. We have a hybridized PPO fee-for-service practice. So certain doctors are on PPOs and certain doctors are not. So interesting But also question. Speci- multi-specialty, too. I have a multi-specialty practice. You have super generalist. Multi-specialty is costly. And multi-specialty yes. erodes your profitability because wh- who came up with this idea that a GP can get uh, – should only get this. 30%. And, and oh, your right. specialist got 50. Like oh, yeah. where, where else does that happen? That's changing. There, right? That's changing. I mean, right. But where is it that like, oh, I'm, I'm a tax overhead, lawyer. break even on that yeah. specialist. Congratulations. Right. Yeah. Well, that's, that's – right. I mean, that's the reality of my practice. You know, yeah. I have a 58% overhead. But, but where did that come Which into? Which is awesome. No, but if I pay someone, if I have an endodontist working at 50%. It's literally yeah. a loss leader. Exactly, exactly. So it's, What it's you're the, building is equity in the actual company, but the, the cash flow is You just have to watch there. it. So if you have a $5 yeah. million dollar practice and $4 million is being performed by specialties, you're running a non-for-profit. And ask me how I know. No, well, and it's, but that's a good, <laughs> this is a good conversation I have because I, I like this model. And I think that you know, Craig and I had a podcast. We did it, we one just together just kind of talking about the future of dentistry, Mark. And I contend that technology is going to be the great equalizer with this, and the, and the super GP is going to rise. It used to be that the specialist kind of had the like, oh, you know, you'll just refer all your workflow to me, and like it'll be great. But I think I think technology is going to allow the generals to do guided implant surgeries, oh, and you know, the 3D CAD CAM and smile designs. Everything's going to become easier, better, faster, more automated, more safe and secure. And I think that that less and less is going to be referred. So I think I think the next ten years will be the rise of the I call it the super GP, the yeah. guy who can the guy or gal who can just take on things with just you know full full confidence. And of course, so true. I mean we we have this we have this group in Arizona. A little we have a group of practices that I own in in California, and another group of practices that I own in Arizona. And now we have the Scottsdale training facility, right? So our vision is to create the super GP. Mm-hmm. So we have people awesome. like Baron. Grutter, and we have Corey Glenn. Corey Glenn, holy and cow. And you have Stephanie Zeller, and they're teaching this digital stuff that eliminates the need for specialists. Right, right. Or if the specialists embrace that technology as well, that's just going to make them even better as well. But right. think about think about if we can do a digital denture in 24 hours. For $18. Right? For a $30 lab fee. Or... Like Baron teaches. That's the 3D printed stuff I was telling you. Yeah, I mean, you. you're talking about being one of the top 1% Invisalign providers in the world, right? If you're, if you're talking about uh, Baron's stuff where he's designing his own stuff in Blue Sky Bio software and his lab fee, including his assistants uh, creating the trays, is $40. Yeah, it's crazy. These aligners? Yeah, oh, for, the, really? for the for the aligners, and he's three D printing is, them. That's right in wow. his office. Wow! Right, so he's 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 taking the scans. Yeah. He is designing uh, the the end result using the Blue Sky Bio Ortho software, which is free. Yeah, it's and by his, case exi- case only. Isn't that how they do it? Yeah. I love their model. You know, and, like the software, like the three D softwares you design, like um, what is it? The um, three shape, like Mess Mixer, and yeah. like some of the other yeah, yeah. bigger platforms. Like they charge you like five thousand, ten thousand dollars, you know, every year or whatever licensing. They have a model. That they actually do it like only when you output that file to an Perfect. SDL to the printer. Yeah. It's yeah. genius. It's so awesome. It's, yeah, it's a it's a continuity model for them, and they give their 
their software away for free, so mm-hmm. you're only paying if you're using it. Mm-hmm. It's I crazy. It. It's, it's amazing. This one incredible. factor alone, there's so many things shaping the future of, of our profession, but this one thing alone, we have these iconic surgeons that had the art and the feel of knowing how the bone feels and where it looks and how it's gonna, the implant's going to be, and they had great restorative knowledge. But now some kid at a school that's been doing this for two years with proper technology can actually have the tooth pre-manufactured with a surgical guide and an implant in a box before the patient ever shows up. So like I would actually want, I would rather have that from some guy at a school two years than the most iconic experienced 60 year old oral surgeon that can't give me the tooth. Yeah. So technology is really replacing. I mean, let's talk. I mean, if you, if you, the the most amazing oral surgeon that has no technology and background is not going to be able to do that for you. Right. What if he's having a bad day? Right. Or what if he doesn't know prosthetics anyway? Yeah. I mean, or yep, he, he yep. might because he's been doing it long enough. Right. But it's right. amazing. I think that's, you know, that, and that's the thing that's shaping the profession as well. I think that's one of the reasons why the doctors all packed up and went into the hospitals. You know, 20 years ago, all you needed was your little black little bag and make your house calls. And, or 50 years ago, you could be the dermatologist, deliver mm-hmm. the baby, and check on the family dog. And now you need, you know, CT CP. scans and, and amazing technology that's all in the hospitals. So that's, I think, the future of dentistry as well. Yeah. I mean, for any com- economies of stale standpoint, is that well, what companies saying? like Serona and, and Combeam and all this stuff are saying, "Oh, it's affordable for one dentist to have this." Is it really affordable? Uh-huh. I have two, I have two Iteros and a, a, two Cerex, and we have ten doctors. And any given moment, we're not really waiting for it. I've never had a line at my cone beam. Mm-hmm. You know, there's hundreds of patients flowing through a day. There's never a line at the cone beam. So if you can scale that between utilizing it, and if listen, if you have this multi-doctor model where you have ten regional practices, you technically have to have ten cone beams. If you have ten, oh, practi- unless you're, I don't know if you, you're catching my, I'm, I'm taking everybody on a journey. I bought uh, a Ford Sprinter van. Oh, perfect! And it's being outfitted right now. Roche. With right. my with my CT your scanner mobile CT? And, it's, and it's traveling between Perfect. the six practices. Perfect. So that is a great that's, idea. That's the way to do it. It would have been it would have been a half a million dollars to get enough CTs for all of my locations. Right. And, and then what about your growth? To, what about your growth plan? What's that? What about your growth plan as you open up the next three? This is scalable. Yeah. So exactly. now you can open or up. Or I three can more. just get another one. You know, and then I'll have two vans going between. But um, yeah, it, it was cost that prohibitive, just like yeah. you said. If we plan this correctly, all the scans for, you know, Chino Valley happen on Monday. All the scans for Prescott Valley happen on Tuesday. All the scans for Prescott happen on Wednesday, I'll be excited to hear this proof of concept and how this yeah. works. It'll work. Well, it's a shitload more expensive than I thought it was going to yeah. be, but it's yep. still going to be a lot cheaper than a half a million dollars. Well, it's a lot cheaper than having to buy them ten times, too, yeah. right? Is that what yeah. you're saying? Yeah, yeah that's yeah, what yeah. I meant, yeah. Um, and look, God forbid it doesn't work as well as you want. What's the resale value of a mobile CT scan van versus some guy plugged in crap? That or he's just for? Right. chopping them back up and saying, here's a UCT and here's a Sprinter van, right? Like yeah. they still have in- intrinsic value. That's yeah. cool as hell. That's yeah. awesome. Right. Yeah. So uh, tell me this, guys. So there's always, I mean, there's always this yin and yang between you guys. Mm-hmm. And there's always a little bit of grass is greener situation. So mm-hmm. right now in this moment today, Whose grass is greener? When you're uh, looking Pe- at Peter's <laughs> is definitely greener for me. Yeah. Well, wow. Uh, for sure, bro. More, for sure. There's more green and like. Well, no. It's just like you've you've created a little bit more stability. Peter has a partner. Peter successfully navigated a partner. So Peter's not really holding the bag as much as I am at the at the present moment. I'm working on my first partnership, but it's it's more of a psychological thing. Grass is greener is always psychology. The grass is greener where you water it. I mean, any any time what we look at another situation as, as as being that's a better thing, invariably there's a you know there's always the grass is always greener no matter what. 
but 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 Peter, you you what I'm loving is your stability. All right, you have stability. So he likes the fact that I have a lot of work life balance. You know, if there's ever such a thing. Um, he likes that my business is truly a business and, and the success of my practice isn't completely predicated on how much I'm there. I like your net profit too. Well, I love your net profit. Yeah, right, but that's because just having because a lot I'm of... an operator, right? I, I love that. And that's yeah. not where I'm you not an thrive. operator. You're a, per, you're a people. You're I like so to be in front of the patient. Yeah. How often, how many days a week are each of you guys doing dentistry or how many uh, hours? Peter's practicing uh, one day. Every six years, um, so <laughs> he, he's, he's going to be on. And so your hands are still. So I yeah. still yeah. can say I'm a wet fingered dentist. Yeah. No, Peter's going to be on Don't May, May, sec- that will, May second, two thousand twenty-seven. Shut up. Clinical All day. Right. Look, I practice. <laughs> no, I'm, jo- I'm joking. Two I'm days. Joking. You know, I'm joking. I, I I'm practice joking. two days a week, um, but I am in the bit. You know, I am working on my business. Of course, like I'm not just practicing. You know, people say like, how many days do you work clinically? It's like two days. Yeah, but how many days are you like working is. You know, seven days. Like I'm always working on my business. Now, yeah. Craig is Craig actually does five days a, five days a week. No, I don't clinically. No, I don't. No, no, I do three days a week clinically. Oh, well, it was like mass. It was like it two, was unsustainable. But that was Peter's. Like Peter's, like came to my office one day. He's like, "This is your normal day." I'm like, "Yeah." So what I did is I used to practice restoratively and Invisalign. Mm-hmm. And I said, "You know, restorative dentistry really occupies a lot of my time. And with Invisalign, I can pop in and pop out and." You know, kind of shake some hands and kiss some babies and check on people's aligners. It was really cushy. So I, I created a goal of just doing Invisalign. And it was going to make my life really easy because it doesn't occupy a lot of brain power. But then I grew the Invisalign practice a lot. Went yeah. from 100 cases a year to like 250. So then wow. I got stuck in it again. But back to your, back to your question or your question of like the grasses, which grass is greener. Um, you know, I think, I think it also depends. Like Craig really loves being clinical. I do. Like that's where his happy place is. And like I like it as well but i also love like i think like you like i like the business of dentistry yeah. just as much too and i like the you know the strategy and the and the game theory of like marketing and how do i grow this and how do i acquire this and how do we take this practice that's underperforming make it overperforming so i think mark's question is really getting more back to the model like which which do we see like is the grass is greener in, in the it would, models it would be a hybridized the grass would be greenest as a hybridized I, model. like i said on yeah. the lecture so i think history is going to prove your model correct well, when you say my model, it's it's the single larger location, right. but there's nuances to my model that I wouldn't say are sustainable. Like having a majority of our revenue produced by specialists yeah. not is sustainable. not sustainable. Right. Who came up with this, by the way? In the law, in the areas of law, you're like really large, bothered by this. The second time in this conversation, well, let's because just because you ignored me, you guys. I didn't you ignore, ignore you. Both of you freaking ignored I'm not me. Ignoring you. So listen. So hang in, on every word, dude. In the in the legal profession, are there people like I'm a litigator, so you pay me forty percent? Oh, I'm a family practice I'm a special litigator. Yeah, I'm a special litigator. I need what? So twenty fifty percent versus thirty percent. Is almost Although, double. Uh, there, there, you will see that in law, though. A oh. family attorney gets two fifty an hour. Yeah. Oh, okay. But a defense attorney—that is true. Johnny Cochran gets twelve hundred dollars a minute. Well, that's Johnny Cochran. So there's also super GP. It's it's yeah, it's not really true. So just I am a brand new periodontist that just graduated last year. Fifty percent, yo. Yeah, fifty percent, yo. And I am a seasoned GP that produces a shit out of anybody. Like I can produce 1.5 without blinking an eye, I'm going to get what, 25 or 30%? Yeah. 30%. This jackass get a, gets at school, a periodontist, like, well, think and, about it like or an endodontist, he gets 50? Think about, like, think That's about like the Army, right? So you enlist right out of high school. Right. You could run circles around every, you know, uh, brand new lieutenant. Uh-huh. You know more about, about field tactics. You know more about everything in the military in general. You can only get 
in your 25-year career, you can only get just under where that that lieutenant started because he had four years more of formal education. So that's that, that that's going to break down because because an oral surgeon coming out of school that's placed seven implants versus like some of your friends who have been out of school for 20 yes. years who have placed 5000 like like uh, who's the guy that was live on Serona Patel Neil Patel oh, Neil Patel total rock star Badass. like I'd want him to place my implant mm-hmm. but yeah. if he worked in my practice he's going to get 30% but the dude out of school that's placed seven implants is going to get 50 because he this has, has a, to break down this a is designation dis- you're this saying this is the disintermediation of the world like that's, that's why happening. that's happening that's happening totally, take, dude I couldn't it makes no more. sense it, it does make no sense and um I think that it's we're going to see a, a shift within our careers, within the span of our careers. Um, Agreed, and I think which is this is such an interesting conversation because this is coming from somebody that supports the the specialist. I model, do, I do. Which is it's just, and I gladly pay it. I just I wonder. So like I've had green specialists come in, very green, brand new. Like, yeah, it's 45%. I'm like, bro. They, and they're, so I actually talked to a prosthodontist last week. He took he wanted to pick my brain, and I went out to dinner with him. He's actually, the, the local corporation hired him. He's a specialist, but pays him as a GP because there's no room to pay him the specialty. So I'm like, what do you make? He's like 30%. Yeah, so if you're like over my practice, you'd get a 20% rate. It's over 60%. You're literally doing it. It's costing you money yeah. to provide that it's service. It's costing you money. So it's a good thing to look that, at. Because look, yeah, okay. I mean, there's something important. To ta- the numbers are pretty. There's something to talk about here. It's we're unsustainable. Al- we're always obsessed with our revenue. Companies in general. It's not a dental thing. We all have revenue goals. Like, oh, I want to go from $2 million to $3 million. But it's talk- if you really want to talk about profit, you might postulate that you could take a company like mine and reduce it from 10 or 9 to $6 million, But increase your EBITDA. Increase your, increase your revenue. Right, right. Yeah, so I mean. Quick math. If we're doing quick math, you're fifty eight percent overhead, which is phenomenal for an operation as big as you're running. And you're paying fifty percent to, to some of the providers. Some of them, yeah. There's a negative. Yeah, There's for sure there is. So you're paying right. money right. for for the equity that you're creating. Right. Right. So But if that equity never gets transferred, that's right. What, what's that's right. So there's no there's no liquidation event. Or um, a PE firm sees you less valuable because it is it is a specialist model, right? Right. So that's so why I talk about the future. That equity, right? So, so when we well, that's why I wanted to clarify and deep dive into this. And I'm but sorry, the, we, but because but, you say like his model is the better model. Agreed. The multi-specialty, multi-provider, and when we say multi-specialty, by the way, we should reclassify that multidisciplinary. Yes. Multi. Thank it you. just means that Thank you. you have a GP that the can ability do your to provide really top-notch well. multidisciplinary care. I don't right. care who does it. Right. Oh, I don't care either. The standard of care is no. That's a de- yeah. really important distinction mm-hmm. because of the because of the the way that people are compensated. My practice is but multidisciplinary. Like, Your practice is multi-specialty. That's, that's right. Very, very important thing. So very, like, very let's look nice at like the father of the zygoma implant was Tom Balshi from the Pi Center. Mm-hmm. He and, he like kind of pioneered it. He was the guy that did it all. I mean, in dentistry, you start off with an empty bag of experience and a full bag of luck. Mm-hmm. And the goal is to fill your bag of experience before your bag of luck runs out. That dude was placed in zygomas, like thousands of them. Yep. He was a prosthodontist with no training. But you know what? I would rather have him that's done thousands of zygoma implants place mine than the oral surgeon who has gone through the residency but not placed his first yeah got it yeah time it's our most important asset and i want to thank you for using your time to listen to the bulletproof dental practice podcast 
Also want to encourage you to do two things right now. Take out your phone, text the word bulletproof to the number 345345. What that's going to do is put you on our, uh, for lack of better words, a mailing list that's going to send out uh, text messaging and email just whenever we have announcements, whether it's the Bulletproof Summit that's coming up in October, uh, a book launch, um, or just giving access to some some private stuff that's inside the Bulletproof community. So I encourage you to just uh, take two seconds and whip that out and uh, text it to us. Again, text the word Bulletproof to 345-345. Secondly, please, if you're, if you're loving the podcast, go ahead and, and um, click on your phone again and and click on the review and review us in in iTunes. We really appreciate it just so we get some feedback. And again, if it's if it's a five star, awesome, bring it. But if it's one, like put that down and let us know how we do better. Appreciate it. Have a great day. Interesting talk. Well, and, and, and I think some of that, going back to what you're saying, is we're obsessed with the top-line revenue in dentistry is because we've been told somewhere along the way that our valuations are predicated on how right. much gen- revenue we generate. Oh, we're in business, the conversation. So I was just going to talk about that <laughs> because now evaluations are almost, especially if you're going for the, the high multiples, everything is based on EBITDA. Right. right, but in dentistry, we still like everyone just thinks it's seventy percent to eighty percent to eighty five percent of top so line revenue, so. which is great because there are a lot of opportunities in dentistry, and this is why Wall Street is like, wait a second, they they really think that there's only uh, you know, so Mark a uh, a seventy percent valuation in a practice where the top line revenue, if the practice is running lean, that means that that you really can acquire that practice for like three to four, maybe five times earnings, five to six, right. It's true. It's and, true. And, it, and so a lot of these, it's just the whole valuation model is broken. And somewhere, somewhere along the line, uh, we dentists got brainwashed to thinking that, like, this is how you value the practice. And it makes no sense. You tell, some, you tell a business operator this, someone outside of dentistry, and they're like, wait, what? You guys don't like, calculate this on net-net? Yeah. I'm like, no, no, no. It's dentistry and alcohol. Alcohol, they <laughs> pay you a, a, a factor of gross revenue. Mm-hmm. And in dentistry, you get a factor of gross revenue. Oh my as well. <laughs> well, let's 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 address the thousand pound elephant. Most dentists do not have a business. There's no business whatsoever. That's true. So all your Wait, buying, explain what you mean by that. Well, that's a just, little bit okay. So disarming. basically, um, without you there, without you as a dentist working, it's really worthless. No, 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 no. You're actually said it a different way. Once okay, well, let me then, tell you what, you, what you're thinking. Let me tell you what I'm thinking. Tell you what you basically said. take this analogy is like make yourself as a like back yourself out as a business, <laughs> right? And so Craig says run this exercise where if you're an associate, mm-hmm. if you're not making more than thirty percent, let's say, right? Like sometimes dentists take home less than they would if they were an associate. Of is, course, is, is what he's saying. All so the time. Yeah. all we have is a glorified job. Sometimes which people get super offended when I say that. Like sometimes your practice is not is just a glorified treadmill for you. It's not right. a business. Of and course, that's scary. so. Yeah, so take your take thirty percent of your collections. Mm-hmm. Pay yourself above the line. If you're negative, you don't have a business. But even if you do, let's just even say you pay yourself 30% of collections and then you still net out 50 or 100 grand. Mm. That's the true worth of your business when they buy it and you're gone. Because you're sure. going to have to pay somebody else 30%. The, the and he cost of labor. The right, cost, the of, cost of labor. For sure. What happens, though, is there, there's so many different ways to calculate profit, right? I mean, a CPA will say, you're, you're 40% profitable, but they're taking your 30% right. 
you know, production yeah. into mm-hmm. account. It's like, right. no, I'm not. I'm 10% right. profitable. Yeah, 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 because yeah. Right. If I was going to replace myself, I have to pay them 30%. Yeah. It's so funny how explicitly you need to talk to CPAs. That's right. You have to really use the term like entrepreneur, entrepreneurial profit because right. you're, you're working for free. If anybody else, if your whole administrative team, your hygiene team would work for free, free too, you'd be at 70% profit. It'd be wonderful. That's yeah, right. it is and, great. And the, the problem is because other service-based industries, if you own a convenience store, you know that's just a line item. You know, right. all the, the, the there's no provider in a liquor right. store. Yeah, right. And even even in a restaurant, it's you're not paying them a production sold. of how much a production bonus. Unless you have some amazing chef, right. but Then you're paying him. Yeah, exactly. But you know, uh, at Outback Steakhouse, they're not getting thirty percent of the steak. I, I have a question for you, actually, Mark. Do you have a dental CPA or a CPA? Like you know what I'm saying? Like have this you is a niched very out? Very appropriate time to be talking to me to me about this right now because I have a standard <laughs> CPA mm-hmm. who has been with me for a number of years. Prior to that, I had six CPAs in seven years, so he's been with me for three years now, and I'm moving away. I'm moving away. Yeah. I am interviewing a handful right now. Um, some of them have been on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Some of them appear to be cost prohibitive, but but I'm I'm looking at that with a scarcity mindset because they they claim that they could deliver ROI on my investment with them. Let me ask and you that's something. That's all I care about. Yeah, Let me ask sure. you something. Just throw out a number of some of the quotes you've gotten for your operation. Including, Are we talking twenty grand or including um, planning, tax planning? Were between forty and fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. Is that including bookkeeping, like all the books? Yes. Okay. Yeah, but that's, that's <coughs> I own. Ten dental practices and a handful of other businesses, and a so handful several of companies. Real so that's your entire ecosystem. That's right, and that that Got includes it. you know um, all that depre- that, that uh, depreciation stuff that we talk about for my commercial real estate. Yep. Like that that's included. cost segregation studies, yeah, all that stuff. All of that. Cost do you have a cost segregation study for your commercial? I do. I yeah. do, and it, it hasn't been going well with my existing um, accountant. It has been. We we talked about this years ago, we but did. it has been. Everything to me feels like I'm I am pulling him trying to justify here's why we should do this. Yeah, well yeah, yeah. well I need somebody that's more proactive saying, uh-huh. Hey Mark, how about this idea? Here's the tax code that supports it, let's do that. Right. I'm saying I'm doing the research, bringing it to him, right. getting saying, him to bless it and then continue yeah. to push him. And believe me, you're you're really space. good, Mark, but you don't know shit about real accounting strategies and taxes. I mean I appreciate that you're how trying you know to be that? Well, I'm just saying you're not a, you can't know what a really good guy knows, right? That's true. That's I'm not true. trying to disparage you. I'm just no, saying. No, like, this is random stuff that I hear on podcasts. Yeah, right? yeah I know. Right, that's true. Like I heard. <laughs> yeah, this. Can we do you, this? you never want your account to say like, "Yeah, that's a good idea." But why didn't I think of that? Yeah, yeah that's a really good, Mark. Or, I like your idea. I'm going to implement that. That doesn't make you feel good. It does not. It does not. You make but you feel he, like you're getting value. That's the, that's the problem. They never say that. Here's why this isn't going to work, Mark. Mm-hmm. Even though yeah. it works for the rest. It's of It's like the, a gatekeeper. Yeah, that's right. Right. Because it's easier for him to say no, and and. You know, not have to worry about digging Auditing. out the tax code. Or, and, and imagine audited. an accounting yeah. practice that says you'll only pay me thirty percent of what I save you in taxes every year. So, like last year, you paid X dollars in tax, a hundred grand in tax. I'll come on, but if I whatever I save you over that delta, I'm taking thirty percent of that. Oh, yeah. I would love that. golden. Love that. Oh, Paid hey, you thirty grand. I'm fine with that. It. Same yeah. aligned with the We're, same goal. Yeah, that's yeah. the future of accounting too. I agree. I'm not. You're not going to pay me unless I save you money. Wow, we but went from the future a, of dentistry to the future of accounting in one thirty-minute podcast. <laughs> this is even, amazing. It's not even an investment or a cost if you do it your way, Craig. Yeah. Right? It's it's just it's just a percentage. Yeah. yeah. Right. I have so, a guy that's working on my uh, my commercial taxes. He says it's a fifty dollars administration filing administrative filing and they take the first year they take 30 percent of the tax savings so i could wind up paying him you know a lot of money 10 wow. or 15 grand but who cares 
Yeah, exactly. Just one, you know? Exactly. I'd rather pay it to him then. Yeah, I'd rather, yeah, exactly. Everybody's favorite uncle. Well, man, I, I tell you, every time I talk to you, Mark, and, and I, I talk about you behind your back to many people, and I say Mark is the, is the one that has the most chops of anyone I know who's on the airwaves talking. That's awesome. He really is, and I That's tell you that all the time. Yeah, like, you, you do. really do. You're, 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 number, you're very, obviously, you're contributing massively to dentistry, and there's no reason why you're so popular because you're just so good at, at what you do. But also, like, you have the street cred to be talking about this, which right. is super Right, rather than important. pontificating A lot from of people theory. that are talking about it have not been – they don't have the scars or bruises to show. Right, and I or just, the real-world experience. They I just, just want pontificate to what it could at be. this moment, buddy. Thanks, brother. Really appreciate you guys yeah, so yeah, much. Man. Thank Let's you. Let's get back on the airwaves at least one more time, hopefully for the tail end of lunch or something. Before yeah, I want to talk about PE on our next one. Private, e. equi- private equity. Private equity. Okay. And DSOs and the roll-ups. And the so we think we, we think we have we know where the DSOs should be heading. Should be heading. Yeah. Ooh. It's going to be – you love it. And you, you heck, maybe you even want to be involved. Who yeah. knows? Okay, this is going to be part two of our discussion today. But thank you, guys. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Craig Spodak, Dr. Peter Bolden, the Bulletproof guys, handsomest guys in dentistry. Peace out. I love Take it. Care. It never gets old. He said that to Gary Takis just 10 minutes ago. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. We'd love to hear your thoughts about this episode. Please rate and review us on iTunes or your favorite podcast source. Check out BulletproofDentalPractice.com for video interviews and text BULLETPROOF to 345-345 to stay connected to us for special announcements. Have a great day.